Talking Across the Lines, LLC, in Elkins, West Virginia, is proud to present Remembering Blair Mountain, produced in collaboration with Blair Pathways and featuring Mindwar era and contemporary music. Remembering Blair Mountain. Written and edited by Miranda Brown. Junior didn't come in until, well, 1921. The very hollow one from this border union was formed. The people who led the Battle of Blair Mountain came from the base of my mountain, Bill Blizzard. He was 58 years old and led a march of 10,000 miners to Battle of Blair. His son, I knew him well too. His son, 91, 92, when he died, he wrote a book called When Miners March. And he used all his dad's facts and figures and everything. I knew these people, Bill, I knew him. He used to come to the house, you know, be with my dad a lot, run around, and his young men, you know. It ain't like they wasn't even here before. It was real, it's something that happened, you know. And for people to mark it off like it never happened, like it never existed. Yeah, my dad come out of Logan County when they organized Logan County. He said he waded the creek for over two miles to get out of slipping out of the night. Because they trying to organize and that's when they fighting all through Blair Mountain, all down through there. He come out there and come to Cabin Creek, because Cabin Creek was organized. Don't go down there, Lord. Don't go down there. Don't go down there. Don't go down there. yonder. I don't want to go, Lord. No unions down yonder. Down yonder. I don't want to go, Lord. No unions down yonder. Down yonder. I don't want to go, Lord. I don't want to go, Lord. I don't want to go down there. Don't want to go down there, Lord. Don't want to go down there. Blair Mountain has a real component of labor issues. Of course, the UMWA, the United Mine Workers, that was their greatest statement, was their armed insurrection. And in fact, it was the second largest insurrection, armed insurrection, only to our civil war. Yet we hear very little bit about it. People have almost not heard of it because the coal companies want to keep it out of the books, out of the history books. And the importance of it was these people were fighting for things like constitutional and basic human rights, the rights to assemble, the rights to say things that they believed without the so-called gun thugs, the Baldwin-Feltz agents of the coal companies who would rough you up if they thought you were even thinking about joining a union or you were complaining in any way about the coal companies. Yes, sir, I stood right up here in the head of the creek here and watched them bald and thugs go up this creek with big trucks and instead of having drive shafts on their trucks, they had to drive chains on the rear wheels and up to the motors. Them got us down their marshal lines and fold us. They puppets on the greedy owners' string. 
companies. They owned your house. But if you lived in a company house, you had to work. Because if you didn't, they'd put you out. When my dad got caught in a cave-in, we lost his house. Twice we got kicked out of the house because he got in a cave-in. I remember when they made, I believe it was back in the early 30s, I believe they got 32 cents a ton for loading coal. Buddy, I've worked till I couldn't see. They get home hardly at night, and I, I've walked for from the head of this creek up here down to right up here on foot, across that mountain and load coal and load them coals for uh, 35 cents a car and go in there at four in the morning and shoot my place and then load my coal. And then time I'd get, get back home be 11 o'clock at night, raise at four in the morning and walk back there. The lot of the miner at best is quite hard. We work for good money, get paid with a card. We scarcely can live and not a cent more since we're paid off in checks on the company store. I mean, they didn't pay you in wages, they paid you in mining script, mining money. If you drawed any money, but most time the only thing you got was three X's. Overdraft, because <laughs> they done collected the rent, power bill, and the grocery bill, and the house rent, and the coal. And you making 23 to 32 cents a ton, and buying your own powder and carbide. They paid you in script, not in real money. You had to buy everything at the company store where your monopoly money, the script was Basically, it was not redeemable any place but in the company store, which is way overpriced. And so they were fighting for all those indignities and just relinquishment of their civil rights if they wanted to be a miner. They keep cutting our wages time after time. Where we once had a dollar, we now have a dime. While our souls are near famished and our bodies are sore, we are paid off in checks on the company store though hard we may labor but little we have we are robbed of our rights though we fought for the slave monopoly keeps grasping for more and still more they will soon own the earth through the company store it is a reminder of why unions would become so important in the 1930s. The extent to which the coal industry would go to deny miners even the smallest of civil rights, like freedom of speech. The extent to which miners had to go to try to win those rights. In 1921, with Blair Mountain, the union was able to lay the foundation for the economy of the 20th century and a lot of the veterans from Blair Mountain were the ones who in 1933 went to the coal fields and organized the coal fields at lightning speed and then in 34 and 35 went into Pittsburgh and to Detroit. You have class struggle, struggle between those who own the land and the law <laughs> and those who work for those who own the land and the law. And I think that certainly was brought into dramatic 
relief in the events around Blair Mountain. Each historical event has its own unique characteristics, but it reflected a sense of struggle for justice and self-determination and just being able to make a good living in a country where you're supposed to be able to make a good living. All that came together at Blair Mountain. The old pirates and brigands who fought hand to hand who would scuttle ship or pillage the land have formed a collusion and all come on shore and now ply their trade through the company store but when these old worthies are called to their doom i think honest business will enjoy a great boom and when they are finally called from our shore I hope they'll take with them the company store. For my soul, for who I am, there's just some things that I can't, there's a line you cannot cross. Blair Mountain is one of those. Blair Mountain could be my Bethlehem. It's the Holy Land. It's the place where labor got its teeth. They riddled us with volley after volley. focusing on saving Blair Mountain and abolishing mountaintop removal. Those things in a civilized nation <laughs> would not even be topics of discussion or conflict. Now there's another battle brewing on Blair Mountain touching our very soul. They want to rip off the top of the mountain, scoop out all of the coal. Now we got no friends in Charleston, fewer still in D.C. We want to save that sacred mountain, it's up to you and me. I went to Gettysburg a year and a half ago now. Something similar could have been done at Blair Mountain a long time ago. But none of that has happened because the coal industry owns all the politicians and beyond that they define the values for the state of West Virginia so that you have people who will defend the coal industry who have nothing to do with it and again it's because they equate it with economic development and jobs and being able to stay in the place that they were born and so once the coal industry is able to use that desire that we have against us then we'll go to great lengths to try to protect them. And trying to erase the shameful past of the coal industry is one way that we have, as all West Virginians, have helped that project along. It's sort of like abuse women syndrome. You know, my mama, every time my dad would hit her, what did I do, baby? What did I do? And he hit her again. That's the same thing in how they treat these people in the coal fields. You know, when something goes wrong, it's not the industry that's accepting the responsibility, but the people. So we are trying to reverse that trend right here, right now. We gotta go marching back up Blair Mountain. 
One more time now will be our cry And we know that up on that mountain Some good men fought and died And we can get the world's attention Just by doing like they did When they marched right up Blair Mountain Up Blair Mountain for old Sid Up Blair Mountain for old Sid You've been listening to the following voices in order of appearance. John B. Varney, Larry Gibson, Hoot Gibson, Harvard Ayers, Lou Martin, Brandon Nida, John Hennon, and Dustin Steele. With the following music used with permission from the Blair Pathways CD. Coal Creek March, written by Pete Steele, performed by Brett Ratliff. No Unions Down Yonder by the United Four Quartet, performed by Bare Bones. When the Leaves Come Out, written by Ralph Chaplin and performed by Morgan O'Kane. The Company Store by Isaac Hanna, performed by Tim Erickson and Riley Boggess. And Sandy River Bells, traditional, performed by Samuel Gleaves and Myra Morrison. Also with Bill Talbot's contemporary song, Battle of Flare Mountain, more information on the Blair Pathways Project can be found at www.blairpathways.com. Remembering Blair Mountain is written and edited by Miranda Brown and compiled from field recordings in the archive of Talking Across the Lines. Executive producers are Michael and Carrie Klein. Talking Across the Lines is a folklife communication collective in Elkins, West Virginia, with a mission to preserve regional memory. For more information, go to www.folktalk.org. For Talking Across the Lines, this is Miranda Brown. Miranda Brown.